In 1 John chapter 5 and verses 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of Him. For a few moments, what do we do when prayer doesn't seem to work? Is that an oxymoron tonight? Yeah. Have every prayer you ever prayed been answered from God? Anybody? Have there been times you prayed and you sought the face of God and seemingly the prayer didn't answer, it didn't answer the way you thought it would, or sometimes it seemed like that God uh, was silent. I'm not trying to rain on a parade. It's one thing to know that God loves us, God's concerned about us, and the Bible said that God will meet all of our need according to His riches that be in glory by Christ Jesus the Lord. The Scripture said that He will not withhold any good thing uh, to those that walk uprightly before Him. He has told us in His Word that He would do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think of Him. And we know that He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And the text that we just read, this is the confidence that we have that if we're praying according to His will, He will indeed answer our prayer for His glory and for our betterment along the way. But we must confess from time to time, uh, there are times that our prayers seemingly are not answered by the Lord as speedily as we want or in the way that we want. And there are times it's as if though we have prayed prayers for 15, 20, 30, 40 years and that answer has yet to come. Anybody out there besides me that has that problem? What do we do when God does not seem to answer the prayer and it doesn't seem to work? I remind you, will God do any less for us than an earthly father would do for his rowdy kids? Any parent, any father that's worth the salt that goes in his bread or worth the butter that goes on his biscuit uh, will take care of the needs that his children have. Our father will not do any less uh, by us. And the truth of the matter is, if we want God to answer our prayer according to the scripture, there are conditions that we must meet in order for the Lord to answer prayer. Among Pentecostals, we have a tendency of magnifying the promises of God, but we often forget the conditions uh, to those promises as well. Like Israel of old, we can say, well, I belong to the children of Israel. I'm Abraham's son. Bless God, I'm automatically signed up for God to give me what I want. It doesn't work that way. We've got to have a viable relationship uh, with our God. First of all, we must make sure when we pray that our heart does not condemn us. Uh, John said here in chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things which are pleasing in His sight. Unconfessed sin is a serious obstacle in having our prayers answered. If we are living in sin, it's unconfessed. That is going to be an obstacle in having our prayers answered as well. It's also worth noting that if Christian husband and Christian wife are at odds with each other, according to what he said in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7, uh, it will hinder our prayers uh, from being answered. Uh, Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 5 upon the Sermon on the Mount uh, that if there's a problem between Christian brethren, uh, that can also hinder our prayers from being answered. He also said uh, in John 15, 
13, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. But if we do not abide in Jesus, if we do not abide in his word, if we do not abide by faith, if we do not obey him, if we do not love the Lord Jesus Christ, then I suggest to you our prayers are not going to be answered based upon what God's word said. Secondly, I believe it's important that we pray in accordance to the will of God. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6:10, "Thy will be done." Prayer is a powerful weapon. Prayer is a powerful tool. But prayer is not for me to get my will done in heaven. Prayer is for God to get his will done upon this earth. Hudson, or George Mueller rather, who fed thousands of orphans as a result of prayer on a day-by-day basis, he said something like this. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of God's willingness. A prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is getting hold of God's willingness. There are times in your life and mine that we simply don't have the wisdom to pray as we should. And we must pray this prayer, not my will, but thy will be done, because we simply don't know what to pray in the matter that's right before us at the moment. Now, most of the time, we know the will of God by reading the Word of God, by listening to the Spirit of God, and discerning the circumstances that are around about us. And in the moments we hang on to the Word of God, we stand upon the promises of God, and we believe that we will be able to see the need met. But notice this back to John again. John did not write, we shall have the request. Rather, he wrote, we know we have the request. Let's say it again. He didn't say we shall have the request. He said we know we have the request. The verb is in the present tense. We may not see the answer immediately of our prayer. We may not see the residuals of it instantaneously after we pray. But we can have the assurance that God has answered because we have that inner confidence. We have prayed through, if you will, to we know that we know that we know that God has answered prayer. In Pentecostal circles in days gone by, we used to say, uh, pray a lot and we say I prayed through on it to the point that I know I've touched God. I may not have the answer but I have the confidence and that's what we call faith. That's what we call the evidence of having those things not yet seen but know that it is coming. Sometimes we pray till we get through. Uh-uh friend we need to pray until we pray through. I, I remember when my dad was uh, bad to drink and cuss, smoke, chew and all those things and I remember praying for his salvation and I prayed and prayed and it's seemed like dad got worse off as the days would go by. And finally, I never will forget, I went to my pastor's office and he and I joined hands and I know that I prayed through and I touched God. To my knowledge, I never prayed for my dad's salvation again. I began to thank God for the fact the prayer was answered and that salvation was going to come one day. And just as God can do, uh, the very first sermon ever preached in my life, three souls got saved and my dad, bless his heart, was the first one down that altar to give his heart to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, we've got to come to where we pray through until we have the assurance that our spirit with confidence are evidence of things not seen. It's God's witnessing to our spirit that the answer is coming. God's heard it. It's on the way. Rest assured. Trust in him and keep on believing. Now what we do, what you do though when you've done all the things I mentioned above and you've met all the conditions that you know to meet, uh, but the, not, not, at least the answer has not come but prayer the way that you thought it would. What do you do in those situations? What do you do when prayer doesn't seem to work? 
You know God loves you. You know he's answered his prayers. You know that your eternal destiny is secure in him. You know your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. But have you ever secretly and quietly asked God, God, where are you right now? God, what are you doing at this moment? God, it seemed like you had a wonderful opportunity to do something here for your glory. And God, it's almost like it got away from you. Don't look at me like that. How do you know what I'm talking about? Are we too spiritual to admit that we have felt like that at one time or another within our Christian life? After seasons of prayer, after waiting before God, and we have that deep-seated need, that particular prayer was not answered. We prayed for a loved one to get up off the deathbed and they died. We prayed for that prodigal to come home and they're sinking in the, and, and, and wiggling in the, uh, in the pigsties of this world. We have prayed and we have prayed from a promise that God has placed in our heart and it's been confirmed and confirmed and confirmed and confirmed and our knees are like camel's knees where we wrestle with God like uh, Joseph for 13 years and the answer is yet to come. What do you do in those moments that keeps you awake at night? What do you do when you say, God, you said, but it's not happening? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The promise is given. And yet you're still waiting. First of all, let me say this. God answers prayer. Period. He's never given a deaf ear to the cry of any weakest, faintest prayer of a child of God. Yet the outcome of that prayer doesn't always go as we plan. I, for one, am grateful that God hasn't answered all my prayers the way I wanted him to when I first prayed them. How about you? There are times I've prayed for things and I was disappointed God didn't answer, but it was in God's wisdom, it was in God's sovereignty, it was in God's love for me, it was in God's grace that it was not answered the way it was because sometimes no is an answer and thank God it's a good answer. We may not like it at the time, but trust is very vital in this relationship with God. Trust and obey, the songwriter said, for there is no other way. It's important. God wants the very best for every one of us that prays. But we've got to leave the results up to his knowledge, up to his will, up to his sovereignty, and up to his love for each and every one of us. Intellectually, biblically, and experimentally, we know he has our best interest of heart. But what about the quiet nights? What about those long nights when you're on your bed tossing back and forth saying, God, why has it not been answered? What about in that valley so deep? And you reach up and say, God, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed about this. And my heart's breaking because the answer has not come. Uh, because, Lord, it seemed like the answer is not on its way. What do we do in those moments? At times, life happens. Perhaps you have someone on your life right now that's in the hospital suffering. Maybe someone at home that's sick. Maybe there's stress in your own life because of life and what it's dealt to you. Uh, maybe your finances are running out to the point uh, that you got more month left over than you got money to meet that need. Maybe we're concerned about our nation. We keep praying uh, for a revival of our nation and for people to get saved. And it seemed like that more crackpots get in places of position and leadership than ever before. And you say, God, how come this prayer has not been answered? And maybe many of us got so much responsibility in our life and we pray and it seemed like the stress level uh, just keeps adding up. You pray early in the morning and you come back and hear your voice reverberating in the the rafters where you pray the morning before. You can't seem to get through. And when you do, the prayer wasn't answered the way you hoped it would be. Why are our prayers not working sometimes? Why are they not touching the throne of God sometimes as we think they should? Are we praying the right way? 
Are we, do, are we praying according to the will of God? Are we praying according to the mind of God? That's natural. But here is the danger. When you wonder if your prayer is actually working, the enemy has got us right where he wants us. You know why? Discouragement sets in. Frustration sets in. Doubt sets in. And we're about to the verge of surrendering our passion toward the Lord and sometimes surrendering our passion toward the work of the Lord and we become bitter and angry and resentful along the way. What do we do? We keep praying. We keep persevering. We keep going dig, digging a little deeper. And we keep on believing that he hears and answers our heartfelt prayer. When things are not going well, when prayer doesn't seem to work, or at least the way we think it ought to work, resist the idea that God's not concerned. On. Keep on praying and keep on believing. But how? Let me push forward a second, if I may. If you're a person in a good place tonight where God's answering your prayers, God love you, God bless you, and, and enjoy the weather while it's good and clear. But partly cloudy is on his way. Amen? Amen. Partly cloudy is on the way. What do you do in those times? There are many people in the body of Christ that are hurting. I sat down with a soul today and my heart broke. Of knowing the burden this wonderful saint of God has been carrying all by herself for years and years. Walks to church and smiles, but in so much pain. Walks in church trying to smile through the pain and through the difficulty. Emotional pain, physical pain, and yes, even spiritual pain. What do we do? We learn to know who those folk are, yes. and we love them. And we pray for them. And we pray with them. Amen. What do we do when it seems like our prayers are not answered? We lift each other up in the body of Christ. Because I need your prayers and you need mine. And there are times, friends, I feel so bad I have a hard time praying for myself. How about you? We need each other. Let me share about six things real quick tonight. And I'll do it quickly. And again, if you get through before I do, you're welcome to go. But I hope you'll hang in here. First of all, simply be honest with God. Be honest with God about your concerns. Be honest with God about your true feelings. Be honest with God about your true emotions, especially if your prayers don't seem to be working at the moment. That's the beginning of prayer in tough times. It's the beginning of a spiritual breakthrough, simply being honest with God. Don't try to be super spiritual. Simply be honest with God about how you feel and what you're experiencing. God is big enough to handle your whys. Yes. I know folk have problems with this, but come on. God, we, we say why to everybody else in the world. Why can God not handle the why? It's not being ugly. There are things that God does I don't understand. I've got a relationship with God where he understands I don't understand. And I think he wants me to talk about it. If I can't be honest with God, how can I expect him to be honest with me? Job asked the question, why? God, Job asked God, why? Moses asked God why. David asked God why. One of the occasions he said, Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? Isaiah asked God the question why. And that goes on and on. The prophets of God throughout the ages said, God, why did you do this? God, why did you not do that? And even from the cross, Jesus Christ, God's son, cried out, my God, my God, why? 
have you forsaken me? I think it's time as a church we quit being so sanctimonious and trying to be so spiritual and say, God, I've got some questions. I believe it was Job of old said, if I could just find somebody that could represent me before God and find somebody that could represent God before me. Oh, if there was just that man, I'm here to tell you, there's one called Jesus that understands what God feels like and understands what I feel like. And we can come together and have a powwow at the throne of God. And I believe he is able to understand if I'm honest with God, he will be honest with me. And if we'll listen, I believe he'll answer our questions. God will meet you where you're at. You might be overwhelmed. You might be overworked. You might be overtaxed. You might be bewildered. You may be discouraged. But God will meet you in your honesty. And he'll not turn you away or condemn you for your honest question. God, why? Why are you delaying God in answering this prayer? I'm not being sacrilegious. I'm not angry with you, God. i just like to know what's going on, God. I'd just like to know why the delay. I'd just like to know, God, what are you up to? Can you give me a hint, Lord? And I've got to trust God's wisdom. Jesus knew what you feel. He felt it as well. So you may still wonder about the outcome of prayer, but at least you know he's with you. At least you know he's concerned about you. And at least you know he's got your heart. Be honest with God. Secondly, believe that God can move the mountain you need moved. Is he still a mountain-moving God? Yes, it's hard to believe God can move mountains if we've got a bulldozer parked outside. It's hard to believe that God can heal the sick if we've got a medicine cabinet full of, of, of appeals, and we understand that. There are times when our faith is challenged, and there are times when our faith is weak. We pray for a miracle, but we allow the human interpretation of what's surrounding us to dull our faith. May the Lord teach us to pray. And may the Lord teach us to pray in faith. And may the Lord teach us to pray in believing. I'd love to have the faith to pray for rain and then get my umbrella and walk outside. I read a story some time ago. It's been years ago. I remembered it. A prayer warrior was on an ocean liner heading for his next preaching assignment. But sea fog came in. And it stopped them at the dock. And the old preacher on the board said, I, I can't have this, man. I, I, got, I got to get going. And the captain said, we can't move, preacher. It's fogged in. We can't see our hand in front of our face. My words, not his. He said, let's pray. And they got down on their knees. And the old captain, he was as comfortable as a room full of cats in a rocking chair factory. He was nervous. And after the old man prayed, he looked at the captain and said, you ought not be on your knees, for you do not believe. And within minutes, the fog had lifted, and they were able to set sail. When Hudson Taylor sailed to China, he heard an urgent knock upon his cabin door, and the captain came out and said, Mr. Taylor, we have no wind. We're drifting toward an island where the people are heathen. We believe them to be cannibals. What can I do, asked Taylor. I understand you're a Christian. I understand you have faith in God. I understand you believe in God. I want you to pray for wind. And Mr. Taylor said, okay, you go set the sail. And the captain said, that's ridiculous. There's not a stir of wind anywhere. My, 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 my shipmates will think I'm crazy. I can't do that. You want me to pray? You go set the sail. 45 minutes later, the captain came back. And saw Hudson Taylor on his knees praying still. And he said, sir, you can stop praying now. We have plenty of wind. 
and we're setting sail out of this place. Let me tell you something, friends. Human circumstances are real. They influence how we pray, and circumstances may influence how we do not pray. Think about this. The moment we stop believing that God can, God doesn't change. We change toward God. Let me say it again. The moment in our life, the moment in our life, we stop believing that God can. It does not change God, but it changes the way we view God. It changes the way we perceive God. It changes the way that we interact with the Almighty God as well. It's easy to get stuck in the thin space between knowing God can and knowing God will. We know we can do everything, but we doubt willing. The will of God is right here. The will of God comes from the heart of God. And yet every one of us in this room, I'm sure it's somewhere in our life, we've stood on that word. We've confessed that word. We have believed. We've asked God to confirm it again and again. And it seemed like the rug was pulled out from underneath us and we've been left saying, God, why? And when those times happen, and they do, I wish to God to have the answer. But I've got to know the next thing God does will be better than the last thing that God did. And I've got to understand there's a will of God beyond what I believe and what I want. And I've got to say, Lord, into your hands, I commend it all. A faith in God. It's so easy to get stuck in that space between knowing God can and not believing he will. So don't make up God's mind for him, church. You hear me? Don't make up God's mind for him. Pray your heart's desire. And stay there till you pray through and get the answer. Thirdly, ask God to make the way clear. Who among us knows the totality of God's mind? You know what he's up to? You know what he's doing? I get frustrated sometimes as a pastor. God don't tell me a lot of things about the prophetic and, and the prophetic realm. It's not my calling. We have prophets all over the United States standing around the world prophesying this, prophesying that. And I'm honest with you, some of the things I hear, it don't line up with this book. It doesn't. But oh, I say, God, I wish you just let me know what's going on. This pandemic, Lord, what's it all about? And you get a little snapshot here and a little snapshot there, a little snapshot here. But he hadn't told me all that stuff. You know why? As a pastor, I'm to feed the Word of God. I'm to preach the Word of God. I'm to do what I do. That's all I can do. But who's known the mind of God? If I knew everything about God, he'd be small. And boy, I'd be the hot dog, man. I mean, Kraft wouldn't have enough mustard put on me. You follow me? Who's known the mind of the Lord? We pray for miracles. God can do it. He gives us access to appeal to him about what we don't know or understand. At times... At times, I've said, God, I believe you for great and mighty things. And I just know you're going to come through. I know you're going to do it. I know, God, you can move mountains, but I know you can make your way clear unto me. God will not go against his nature. And with that in mind, it's better to start our prayers with God. Will you please reveal your will to me? And there have been times when I know that I know that God has specifically spoken about a matter. And it hadn't come to pass. And you wait. And you praise God. And then the battle goes on. Right here, friends, where the battle takes place. The battle of the mind. The battle of the mind. 
And that's why you, it's not hope so, it's the fact God you spoke, God you confirmed, God you reconfirmed, God you said, God you did. Now I'm gonna stand on that and take it to the bank. And the enemy comes in and tries to sow doubt, tries to show discord in your own heart. It's in those moments you just gotta say, God said it and that settles it. The wind, the circumstance is not up to me. It's up to him. And the longer the prayer is delayed, the more perfect will be the answer when it comes. And delayed prayer is not denied prayer. God knows what he's doing for his glory. God, reveal your will to me. Jesus, teach me to pray. Both of these work, and I thank God for it. God is not trying to keep secrets from us. But we're often not ready for everything he knows. Are you with me? He's not trying to keep secrets from us. We're just not often mature enough for him to reveal everything he knows and wants us to know. Even Jesus said, there's things I want to tell you, you're not able to handle them right now. That's what he told his disciples. So as we grow in the knowledge of God, as we grow in the grace of God more, he can share, ask God for that. Fourthly, lean on the faith of other people when your prayers don't seem to be answered. Notice it says in Ecclesiastes, For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has, a not, has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. And how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Proverbs said, Where there is no guidance, people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there's safety. Paul said in Thessalonians, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up first as you are doing. And then Paul said in Galatians, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There are many such scriptures that prove that we need each other, rely upon each other, and depend upon each other. And we know this story in Mark chapter 2. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lie. And when Jesus saw his faith. When Jesus saw their faith. Amen. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven. Friend, there are times we've got to rely on each other. There are times we've got to rely on the faith of one another. And, find, and also recall and reflect on past miracles. When I come to those moments or seasons in life where my prayers are not being answered or I don't feel like they've been answered the way I want them to be, I reflect upon previous answers where God has done some mighty miracles. Amen. Remembering, remembering what God has done for you in the past. Remember where God miraculously come through. There was no way you could humanly explain it. And you know what? When you're in a valley of decision and when you're depressed, you don't always remember what, did, what God did back there because you're too absorbed in what's going on right now. On. But if you can just take the curtain back and walk, down, walk back down memory's lane and say, God came through for me. 
God did that for me. I'm not going to be bitter with him now. I'm not going to be angry with him now for what he did for me back then. We often forget the answer to prayer in the past, and we think about it. He came through time and time and time again. Contemplate on those times, and let faith arise in your heart, and believe him for greater, more grandiose things now than ever before. And then finally, pray with somebody else. Have you ever wondered how many people pray for you throughout the day? You think you're in this thing all by yourself? Many of the night I wake early, two o'clock in the morning, and God lays something in my heart, and I pray. Don't know why, but I pray. How many times have I prayed these last few weeks, oh God, will you please lay me on somebody's heart? Because I need somebody to get hold of God. And about 10 minutes later, here comes a text. I've got you back, brother. God, you know what that means. The Lord put you on my heart. You know what that means to me. And may I just encourage you when God does that for you to pray for somebody, won't you let them know? Won't you let them know, hey, I was awakened this morning about 2 o'clock, not because you're doing something wrong, but because God laid you on my heart. And I'm praying for you. We need that, my friends. The thought encourages me about the power of the body of Christ and deeply humbles me that I've likely received many of those prayers. How many of you went to high school and graduated? Or went to college and graduated? Remember the yearbooks? Did you ever sign a yearbook? What do you normally put in there? Remember the good times, your friend Henry. I don't have a clue 47 years later who Henry was. Remember this? I don't even know who the people are. I look at them and say, I don't remember this guy. You know how some of my yearbooks, this is, how, this is how your pastor signed yearbooks every year. If you pick this up down the road and you read this, please pray for me because I'll probably need it. Amen. That's how I sign my yearbooks. And I sign my name, Jeff Davis. Friend, I need all the prayer I can get and then some. Because we cannot do this thing by ourselves. When the body of Christ prays together, incredible power, incredible grace, incredible mercy. And the mercy of God can be manifested. When the body of Christ prays together, physically in the same place, whether it's two or three, whether it's 20 or 30, or 100 or 500, the Holy Spirit can invade that place, and Jesus himself is present, and the power of God can and will transform for the glory of God. When prayer doesn't work, you tempt to think it doesn't, ask somebody to pray for you, and pray with somebody. In closing church, be honest with God. Believe that God can move the mountain that you need him to move. Ask God to make the way clear. Lean on the faith of other people. Recall and reflect upon what God's done for you in the past. And pray with someone else that your faith will not fail. Would you?